0: This morning I'm going to talk to us about hope. Uh, hope is one of the great themes of Christmas. If you had to watch Carols by Candlelight last night on TV, they would have talked, used the word hope a lot. And um, we've got to ask the question, what do we mean by hope? In Australia we have all kinds of things we hope for. We hope for good weather, especially if you're a farmer, because the weather determines your livelihood. We hope if we're a student for good marks at school. We hope for good friends. Uh, If we're sick, we hope to get better. For Australians, we hope for good interest rates. Strange things like that. We hope for sporting success. We hope for a good job. But for Christians, hope is really specific. We have a content to our hope. It's not this, this general Aussie kind of vague thing. In fact... Hope is a gift of the Holy Spirit, says the Bible, with faith and love, which is an essential characteristic of the Christian life. The Apostle Paul says that there will, when, the, when the prophecies and the tongues and the knowledge pass away, hope is one of the things which, which will still be there. In the Bible, hope is not mere expectation and desire, but it's also confidence. And for a long time, for the people of God, the Israelites, hope was the appearance of the Saviour. They hoped for a Saviour. And so this morning our focus is on one of the lesser-known characters in the Christmas story, one that you don't see in nativity scenes, one that you don't generally see discussed in uh, kids' books that often at all, kids' Christmas stories, and this is of... Anna, the prophetess. And this is a story of a woman of hope and hope fulfilled. Her story is set in the Jerusalem at, temp- in the, at the temple. And Jesus' family, he's only eight days old at this stage, his family visit the temple. He's a very new baby. You can still probably hold him in your hand. Any parent that's had a new baby knows what it's like to venture out outside um, the doors of your home for the first time with the baby and what happens is strangers will just come up to you and and talk to you that's a new baby ah, oh, and they just kind of want to smile at you and, and 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 it's really nice and Mary and Joseph they're walking into the temple with a brand new baby and that's what it would have been like And they're doing that to keep the law of Moses. It's not just because they're wanting just to pop in. This was a Jewish ritual of the purification rites, which said that every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And they had to offer a sacrifice of a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Jesus' parents were devout believers, and they used the temple to keep the law. This was where God was present. And as they go into the temple, they encounter two people, two witnesses, a male and a female, a man called Simeon and a woman called Anna, a pair of witnesses. I'll briefly mention Simeon, just just so you know who he he is. And Simeon was a godly man who lived also in hope, waiting for Israel to, to be delivered from its sin. The Spirit had given him a special gift that he, of knowledge that he would not die before the Messiah arrives. It must have been strange for him to see the Messiah. He would have, with this gift, known that's the one, he's the one. Imagine, after living your whole life, being a very old man, coming to that point of knowing he's the one, now I'm ready to die. Old people have a sense when death is around the corner. I mentioned my grandfather who just died on Sunday. He'd been saying for the last two years, Oh, not long now, Lord, he'd say. Not long now. I wonder what it'll be like. It'll be like the light switching off, and that'll be it. You know, he'd say things like that. That's what Simeon would have been like. But he didn't say just something like that. He wasn't just like, Okay, well, that's it. No, he praised the Lord. Simeon's insight was profound. He knew that this baby would be a light to the Gentiles and glory for the people of Israel. This baby, Jesus, would save the world. And so Simeon would die a joyful and peaceful man in the knowledge that God had kept his promise. So there was the man, Simeon, but our focus is on Anna, Anna the prophetess. And Mary and Joseph then meet Anna, this old woman, We think she was probably about, there's guesses, but we think she's probably about 84 years old. And it turns out to be the last of the prophets before John the Baptist in the Old Testament tradition. In other words, before uh, the final prophet of prophets, uh, the the, the man who fulfills all prophecy, Jesus, rises up and... um, She continues in the tradition of other female prophets, such as Deborah in the book of Judges and Huldah in 2 Kings 22. These women received a message from God and spoke the word of God in his name. She was the daughter of Penuel, we're told from the tribe of Asher, one of the lost tribes, one of the 10 lost tribes of Israel, waiting for the 12 tribes to be reunited she was a godly, older woman. Probably, yeah, probably a widow. We we think, and probably didn't have kids of her own. Never remarried, or well, we definitely a widow. It says that in the Bible. She was a widow, and, and and you know she's at least seven years had gone by since her, fo- her husband had died, and she'd stayed faithful to his to his memory. She would have been poor. Widows in those days were poor. In a patriarchal society. But but God had a special heart for widows. Just because she was a poor old woman, widow, didn't mean her life was insignificant. As the psalmist writes, the Lord watches watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. And James, a brother of Jesus, says that pure and undefiled religion is caring for orphans and widows. God loves widows. They hold a high status in the kingdom. And as an old widow, she didn't give up her life or simply wait around for death. Rather, she used her time alone to pray, to grow in her understanding of God, to devote her life to God. She worshipped day and night at the temple, it says, fasting and praying in expectation that God would do something. She was not to be pitied or looked down upon. She lived in hope and expectation that God would send his saviour. She's an inspiring woman of God. And when she sees Jesus, like Simeon, she publicly praised God. She thanks him and speaks to everyone waiting for the redemption or the liberation of Israel. Anna believed when few others truly believed in Christ's coming. She never gave up but kept trusting and looking. And she's an incredible example for us. She represented all who saw that their only hope was in the mercy and grace of God. Along with the poor carpenter Joseph and his wife Mary, and the outcast shepherds, Anna is a real flesh and blood example of the type of person to whom Christ comes. She personified this paradox, this profound paradox of being, on the one hand, empty as an 84-year-old widow, poor, but profoundly full. She anticipated Jesus' future teaching about the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. She longed for the righteousness that would only come through the Messiah. She came to God's house hungry and received as few others have in the history of the world. But where we stand in 2018 is we stand in a different place to Anna because actually, while she lived in hope and joyful expectation, we have a lot more that we know about Jesus than she ever would. We can read about the whole of Jesus' life. We know that the baby Jesus, the eight-day-year-old baby that she's seeing in the temple would one day teach thousands of people and have disciples and 12 apostles, would heal people from from the sick, would walk on water, would feed thousands of people with just a few loaves and fishes. We know that this eight-day-year-old baby would one day die on the cross for the sins of humanity, rise again, and then ascend into heaven and sit at the right hand of the Father. And also, up until the time of Anna the Holy Spirit, active in the world, had a kind of a different role to the way the Holy Spirit has a role now. The Holy Spirit has a permanent and personal role with the people of God now, whereas in Anna's time, the Holy Spirit moved as the Holy Spirit wished. Anna was waiting for the Messiah's first coming, but we now wait for him to come a second and final time. And we don't know when that's going to happen. And so there is something very immediate that we can hope for as Christians in our specific hope. And we can hope that after our own death, God will fulfill his promise and raise us up to be with him in eternity. God raised Jesus from the dead and we can have hope that he will raise us as well if we believe in him. And for some of us, this seems a long way off. And it seems like something, why would, why would I want to base my life on hope for res, my resurrection after death? I mean, no, that's a long way off. But we should be wise and look to someone like Anna who spent her whole life, decades, in hope, in anticipation for what the what God would do in the Saviour, and shape our life around that. The famous Christian writer, friend of Bono, author Eugene Peterson, he um, he said that really the Christian life is about learning to die well. That's what it's about, trusting in God. And so as Christians, we are people of hope. There was hope waiting for the Messiah to come the first time. And we hope for the Messiah to come a second time. And we hope for God to raise us up just as he raised that Messiah. This is no vague hope. And so how do we live now with that hope? How do we live now? Well, we can look to Anna and be inspired by her her pattern. First of all, we should live a godly life just as Anna did. Her life was focused on devotion and prayer. So much of our life now is about focused on being busy. It's about pursuing our careers. Uh, But Anna was an old woman. She wasn't able to do things like work. She wasn't useful in that sense in the way the world would think of us being useful is. What does she do? She prays all day. For the early Christians, this was how they focused their life they focus their life on devotion to God. And in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says to us today to, to, to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what we do in between as we wait for God's kingdom to come is we live in a way that is godly and right. So perhaps this Christmas, as you reflect on another prophetess, you might want to think about, your life, you're, you might want to assess it. Search your heart. Make some significant decisions about what you're actually devoting your life to. Are you devoting your life to God and hoping in what he's going to do in the world and in new? Or are you devoting your life to something else that's meaningless? What could you do to live in a more devoted and holy way and righteous way in 2019? If you're ever stuck for what to pray, pray for God's kingdom to come. And the second thing you can do if you want to follow in the pattern of Anna as you wait in hope this Christmas and in your life in 2019 as we enter into the next year is that we can proclaim the name of Jesus. What did Anna do after she saw that Jesus came? She spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Of Jerusalem. She was no silent woman. The women were not silent in the early church. She was a prophetess. What does that mean? 1 Corinthians 11 verse 5 says that the women prayed and prophesied in church just as the prophet Joel said would happen. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 says that the one who prophesies in church speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort. In the, in the kingdom of gold, old and young, men and women, boys and girls, rich and poor, anybody can speak about God and God will use them. Any, anyone can proclaim the name of Jesus, God will use them. And this is what happens to people when they first meet Jesus, isn't it? They get so excited that they want to tell other people. And this is what Anna did. And I think part of our discipline as a Christian is to rediscover that first love of Jesus, rediscover that excitement that you get, the, kind of like the excitement you have on Christmas morning, which is often mixed up in the kind of, you know, it is the kind of excitement of Christmas presents and all that sort of thing. But also maybe that is the little spark that can start the fire in your heart. So as i finish, let me leave you with the challenge of Anna. How will you live your life? How, are you, how will your life end with meaning? How will you maintain true Christian hope that has substance? Start with pursuing a godly life and focus on proclaiming the name of Jesus in whatever way you can. Jesus Christ, born this day. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you so much for Anna the prophetess, the, the faithful woman who lived in hope. And thank you that you fulfilled your promise to her and that she was able to see the Messiah. We pray that we can um, live in hope as well. Hope that you you will um, fulfill your promises to us, to raise us up after we have died, to be with you in eternity. Hope that you will send Jesus one last time, that the kingdom will come. We pray that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amén.